Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. As usual, let's just relax, and anything else that's going on in your life, just let it fall by the wayside, and remind yourself that you are already exactly where God wants you to be, that he has crafted your life for his purpose, which is also your purpose. You're, you're not missing him. You've not, you're on the right track. You've not missed his direction or done anything to get you out of uh, his plans for you. We are often so consumed with self-observation. And we've been talking about the difference between our self and our soul. We have created our own beliefs, our own vision of ourselves, our own perception, our self-perception. And it's often based on, you know, our, our temperament, how our soul is created and also our history, what others are telling us. This is what it looks like to be a good Christian, for instance. And instead, what we want to look at is how is God moving in our lives on a day-to-day basis? How is he, you know, what circumstances do you find yourself in? We have this idea that we're going to be absolutely certain this is God. You know, that um, we, for instance, say you've got two options for, uh, you know, two job offers, and you don't know which one to take. And we expect, you know, we're just going to pray and maybe fast and maybe talk to our pastor or whatever, get, get wise counsel, and then it'll we'll know. We'll know with certainty that this is the right way to go. And usually, it's not that important. We have a tendency to, I guess, think think we're so much more powerful, that we're so powerful that we can interfere with God's purpose and plan for our lives. So God has arranged every circumstance in your life. And, you know, I don't know, sometimes it may be important that you take one job over another. So you'll take the right job. Sometimes I don't think it matters. Whichever job you take, God is still going to work in you, with you, through you, to accomplish his goal in you. And remember, that goal is that you would be one and complete, spirit, soul, and body, completely healed, filled with truth and eternal life, and, again, one in him, one in yourself. We really have no idea what that's like. And I think we have little insight, and I think we kind of ascribe those insights to other realities. Like, if I was to ask you what you think heaven is like, 
you know, there's going to be no worries, no problems. You know, there's we're going to be in God's presence all the time. Whatever it is you think that that heaven is, that's probably closer to a better description of what your life here on this earth could be if you were spirit, soul, and body. When Jesus was walking around, he was experiencing the full presence of his Father. And he had still had power and authority over the angels, over the devils, over, over the sky, over the storm, over animals, over people. He had complete power and authority over everything in the natural realm and the supernatural realm. And it wasn't because he was the Son of God. It was because he was complete, an entire spirit, soul, and body. Because the eternal life that is a characteristic of God himself was flowing unhindered through his spirit, his soul, and his body. And that's what we can look forward to here on this earth. Now, you know, we have limited time here on this earth. You know, even the, as far as we know, the records, you know, if we look to the Bible, the person who lived the longest, 969 years, Methuselah. And yet, a thousand years is a day. And in the day that you, you know, eat this, you'll die. There was a curse upon, you know, Adam you know, each of us, to not live for that day, not live that that single day, a thousand years. And our lifespan has gotten shorter and shorter over time, and now it seems to be getting longer and longer. But we, it's still a blink of an eye. It's a blink of an eye for us. It's a blink of an eye as far as civilizations come and go and our impact comes and goes. But what if what you're experiencing now is simply a day, your life here, let's say 90 years, even 100, is just a day in your experiencing what God has set out for you before you were here on this earth and after you leave. That that thousand years is not just here on this earth. And, of course, God created time, so we're not talking literal, you know, a literal aspect of it, but just a change of thought that he's numbered your days here on this earth for our good. You know, we we still don't know of anybody that God has fulfilled his promise to us that we would be one, spirit, soul, and body. There's only been a very limited number of people, Adam and Eve, were one with God, and Jesus Christ was one with God, with his Father. That's it. As far as we know, nobody else has achieved complete healing and restoration of their soul. And that's what we're talking about. The, so, the, the body is connected, but I think the healing that occurs in the body is so much more quick, occurs so much more quickly 
then it happens in the soul. And it's the soul that is God's focus. Your soul, my soul, individual souls. And when we start looking at that, that's what we're here for. It's not about proclaiming his name or spreading the good news or ministry or glorifying him or pleasing somebody else or even pleasing and honoring him. He doesn't need your help. He doesn't need your honor and your glory. But then what happens is we start going, okay, well, that means that if if he's going to arrange all my circumstances and take care of all, you know, everything else in my life, what am I supposed to do? What what do I do? And if you don't want to do anything, you don't have to. And hopefully that's freeing. And if it's not, that's where you want to start going, okay, what do I believe about God, about myself, about my life? What do I believe about it? What do I think? Achieving something for God, and I can put that in quotes, here while you're here on this earth, won't change what comes next for you. And it won't change how God thinks of you now. You're under no obligation or pressure or stress to achieve or accomplish anything. Now, when Jesus was here, he was teaching his disciples. He was teaching them things they didn't know. And yet when you think about after he left, after, after Christ, you know, he died, rose again, ascended to the right hand of his Father, sent the Holy Spirit to dwell amongst all of us, every single person here on this earth, his presence here on this earth, What was that to accomplish? To change individuals. The presence of God is to change each one of us as individuals. At any moment, right now, if God wanted to, he could convert everyone in the world, everyone who's alive. He could make them all born again. He could bring salvation to every single person. The whole concept of free will, no. Your will isn't free. Your will is part of your soul. Your soul is is under the restrictions and the and the um, baggage of believing lies and the wounds and the generational things you you know you believe about yourself. It's not free. Your will is not free. Your emotions aren't free. Your mind is not free. Your conscience is not free. Your soul is all bound up. Now, God's working on that, and you will have a free will. But it's not free to do what it wants. And the same way with your emotions. Your emotions are not being freed 
from the wounds, from the misbeliefs, believing lies. Your mind is not being freed from something just so it can do what it wants. But no, your soul is being freed from yourself so it can be joined to your spirit and have all its needs met. So it's not about what do we want to do with our, you know, our plans. How do we want to achieve what we think God wants us to do? How can we work and live and move and have our being with an understanding of what ministry is? with an understanding of how we affect one another. And it comes back to what we, again, what we think our purpose is. As you accept that your purpose is whatever, you know, whatever God is doing in you right now, and you accept that the circumstances you're in are what God has crafted for you, the more we can accept that the circumstances are his his teaching what he's teaching you right now are found in your circumstances and we've talked about how he speaks to us and gets our attention through those three main areas the the financial the uh, relationship and um, our health so those three areas as we are are become aware of the circumstances we can go okay this you know we talk about going around the mountain that mountain is there for a purpose god put it there god put it there now there's a lot of times when god has healed something in our soul that because of the habits we've developed we keep turning and we keep strengthening and recreating ourselves around that healed area but that's still up to god to say no this is not your problem anymore i've healed you in this area i've already spoken to truth in this area this is one of the reasons it's so important that we spend time with him because what does he do he he brings us into circumstances where we find out that we no longer struggle in that area But a lot of that takes observation and experience and an awareness and just plain old time. And God draws our attention. And it's not about our being, you know, focused on ourselves. But just recognize, you know, that we are on a path. You are on a path. And while you travel your path, There are things that are going to be on your right-hand side. And there are things that that are going to be, let's say there's there's a field of grain on your right-hand side. And then there's a a running brook on your left-hand side. And then you're going to go farther down, there's going to be a cliff on the right-hand side where if you get off the path, you know, there's a steep drop. And on the other side, there's a tall mountain. You're going through a canyon. God arranges those things on your pathway 
to bring you whatever it is you need to bring you into oneness with him. Again, very often it's about healing, restoration, revealing areas where we believe lies. He speaks truth. He, he guides us however he chooses. You know, we so often think that, you know, God, you know, God tests us or that he puts us into a circumstance that if we can make it through, it's so we can share with others how to do it. And sometimes he just gets us out of a situation that he is himself has crafted, but because he's a generous and loving God. So it's not about evaluating your circumstance. It's about asking God, am I missing something? Talk to me about what, you know, I keep on going around this mountain. Is there something I'm missing? And then see what he brings into your life. See if there's a person. See if there's a desire to move, for instance. That's just a for instance. Change, change the direction of your life. Change your attitude towards your life, towards people. Don't think you know. You know, this is the self. Our self wants to control all our interactions. Our interactions with ourself, within our soul, our interactions with others, and our interactions with, with God, and our interactions with our environment. Yourself wants to control that, to protect itself. And yet your soul is longing to return to its relationship with your spirit. And the, these things that we're looking to develop, these abilities that are latent, the latent powers of your soul, the reason they're interesting for us it's not because we need to learn how to use them. It's because it's helpful to us to learn how to use them. Because we are becoming, we are befriending our soul. God gifted you your soul. And he wants you to value this great gift he's given you, just as you, the body he gave you, the family he gave you, the life he gave you, those were all gifts. And he wants us to value. He was very specific. He picked out the family he wanted you to have. Now, there's a lot of people who had really crappy families, have had really crappy, crappy childhoods and teenagers and, and, you know, yesterday, really crappy lives but they were all crafted by him to achieve what was necessary. And your spirit has agreed to this. So he's not doing it. He's not forcing you into your circumstances. You've agreed to this because you see what he's doing. Your soul doesn't, for the most part. Sometimes we see things after the fact. We say, oh, well, I'm experiencing this freedom and joy and peace and, and healing and restoration that I probably would not have been able to experience if I hadn't have gone through this, 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 and this. 
But that's just for us. That's just for you. That's just for me. We don't, it's not something we can say, well, you should be grateful for this. That's between them and God. And when we talk about that's a good way to know how, you know, how open you are to hearing God speak plainly is how grateful you are, your attitude of gratitude. That's strictly, again, between you and him. You know, it's we really have nothing to say to other people. I mean, other than, you know, an encouraging word. Rather than, okay, this is what you need to do to fix. So you can, you know, you need to be more appreciative of God. That's between them and God. You know, we, we think about Jesus. Why did he, he turned the world upside down. He turned his world upside down and ever, everything since then. Why? It wasn't because he, of what he taught. It wasn't even because he was the son of God. It was because of who he was. He was one with his father. And, and the things he taught, yes, they had a huge impact. But, you know, um, every religion has a book. Every religion has a, a doctrine, has a history, has, has, you know, teachers, has a building, has, has different elements in it, you know, according to a culture. Our religion, the difference between our religion and all other religions is we have a personal relationship with our God. And, you know, going back to our soul, why it's valuable for us to value our soul is because it's God's purpose. Being born again doesn't value your soul if we think, you know, if God is not doing his work in it. You know, we think about some people who have um, wonderfully emotional or, uh, you know, um, eventful uh, salvation experiences. I certainly didn't have that. But there are those who, you know, you know, are asking Christ into their lives, or however they want to phrase it, and they just feel totally different. And that's one of the things we need to stop doing is we somebody, you know, is baptized or you know, uh, ask Christ to be their Savior or has whatever experience. And we, we immediately ask, well, how do you feel? But it doesn't really matter. I mean, it's it's fun to ask, but, you know, we why are we centering on the emotions? You know, I, I, we could just as easily, are you thinking different? Are you going to change your behaviors? You know, I think I told this story about one of the, um, uh, when I worked at a ministry that, um, quite a large ministry these days, international, and the founder of it was um, a drug dealer. And he had an experience with, with Christ and started going to church and they were having like a, a men's meeting or something, and they were going around asking for 
prayer, you know, you know, what's your prayer request? And he prayed that, you know, God would make the drug deal go well and nobody would, you know, try to rip him off. He was, you know, he didn't realize he was supposed to change his behavior. That wasn't something that automatically happened. And this is part of, but the circumstances were that he was in this group and they could say, this is, you're going to have to change your lifestyle. For a variety of reasons. But because they were the circumstances, you know, he, and he could have just as easily said, easily said, well, when God tells me I can't sell drugs, then I'll stop selling drugs. And that's what we have a tendency to do, is we try to control how we perceive our circumstances. We try to control you know, visualize, interpret how we're doing on our own, using our own filters, our own perceptions. So if, you know, if each of us were to look at our lives and we'd go, okay, how am I doing? And for most of us, we'd, you know, there'd be areas where we might be doing well and other areas where we would be not so happy. And in both of those areas, when we recognize that those are all just circumstances, they're temporary, they're circumstances, they really don't mean anything, but they are there to reveal areas that God is working on to restore our soul to our spirit. And likewise, when we talk about our abilities you know, using the solical abilities that we have, you know, to, from everything to speaking in tongues to raising the dead. Those are all abilities that each one of us has, and yet none of us uses because we can't, we're, you know, we're, we all have our own misunderstanding of what it means. We all have a mis, you know, it's for, for somebody else to do it, or for it's, it's for the sweet by and by. And what that means is we have locked part of our soul from God. We're saying, God, you can, you can take care of this part, the restoration part. But here's the thing is as he's restoring it, what does that do to the rest of your soul? When God brings healing to your body, it doesn't just affect it was healed. It affects how you live your life. So as God restores your soul, it will affect how the rest of your soul works. And so we are challenged, you and I are challenged to be aware that our beliefs about our soul, the beliefs about our abilities, you know, think about it. Do you you perceive yourself as as a miracle worker? as a healer, as a son of God, as a joint heir with Christ, as one with him, or or are you, you know, still so uh, locked into focusing on this needs to be fixed, this needs to be fixed, and then we're all bogged down by, you know, the stresses of everyday living. 
God knows all that. God knows all that. And again, as we can just, if, let's say we think there's a hundred things that God needs to fix in us. And we think he's working on two. And we think he's never going to get all those hundred things done. It's a hopeless, from our spirit, our spirit's looking at the situation and he's like, nah, he's not working on two, he's working on all hundred. And there's really only 50 because 50 he's already dealt with. But you don't know that they've been taken care of. So just bring it all down. Don't don't look to your circumstances to tell you how you're doing, but look to your circumstances as a way to communicate with God about what he what you might be avoiding, about what what you might be having a misbelief about a mistruth. Again, if you if you keep on going, you know, if you keep losing a job or even if you're doing everything right but you're still feeling empty. Whatever it is, look to your circumstances as a signpost on that path. If those circumstances are going to change, stay on the path and let God reveal to you what he wants to about what's going on on either side. And enjoy the path. Your pathway is yours. Don't take it too seriously. Don't be reading into it. It's you know, nobody else is going to have that same path. Sometimes we even may share a pathway and we're a parallel. We see other people on the path with, a, you know, going in the same direction or across paths. We're all just wandering on our path. And it's temporary. So hopefully that is encouraging and that makes sense. It gives you something else to think about when you think about the circumstances that are in your life right now. So We'll be getting, thanks for tuning in. If you've got any questions or feedback, I always appreciate hearing from you. It's diane at therainersclub.org or through Blog Talk Radio. Or go ahead and visit therainersclub.org. There's a contact form there, and you can leave me a note or comment on one of the, the posts there. Otherwise, we'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.